Hello, it's Painter Sharpless, and you're listening to the Locked on Ole Miss podcast. We will briefly talk about two players who are trending in Ole Miss's direction. Good recruiting news for the Rebels on the defensive side of the ball. What does the future at wide receiver look like? We'll talk some about that. A few players to keep your eyes on moving forward, and one who is already an Ole Miss commit. How does that tie into quarterback play, and where do Lane Kiffin and Jeff Lebby come into that equation. And what does it mean this season? What does it mean at the skill position player, as a skill position player, Elijah Moore and Jerry Neely? What about in the future? All right. How all that ties in, it's connected, and I think promising. All right. We'll talk briefly there about the floor and what Lane Kiffin can establish as a baseline and why that, if it becomes the case, is exceptional and exciting. Let's dive in. But first, a word from the folks who make this podcast possible. Hey, what's happening? Another week, baby. We're doing this. Yes, we're moving right along. No, we're not, Painter. It's the start of the week, but by the time you guys are listening to this, for real, you've already got a work day behind you, and I hope, quite frankly, that you are enjoying work and that maybe for all the things that uh, our current situation, the thing that we all kind of tune into podcasts not to, to think about too much, I hope your situation at home has been a good one, and if anything has provided you more time with loved ones. But I digress. Regardless of what it is your home life or your habits are like, I hope you're doing something to take care of yourself mentally and physically. And I can tell you one way I'm doing it physically, Built Bar. That is who is making this show possible today. Built Bar, by the way, sent me some goods I know you're thinking, well, isn't that great for you, guy? But seriously, all right, I'd heard how great they are. My girlfriend, she's, yeah, I know you guys can't believe it. I, she's the she's the health conscious person in the group. So she was like, oh, you got some? Let me try some. I was like, all right, whatever. I tried one. Then I was like, you know, I don't know if I really want to be sharing these with you, but seriously, tasty, seriously, 16 amazing flavors, eight chocolate nut flavors, eight chocolate Nut-free flavors, all right? Soft, easy to chew. They're healthy. Look, you can lose weight if you need to. You can maintain weight if you need to. But the main thing is, all right, if you need to maintain your high in protein, your high in fiber, if you're trying to look lean, all right, you're good. Low calorie, low sugar. Easy enough, thanks to the folks at Built Bar. So, uh, as I mentioned a moment ago, We've got some recruiting news. Let's go there first, then we'll go to the receiver recruiting news. Two crystal ball picks. This is from 24-7 Sports. Chris Partridge, there's, I think, a lot of excitement about this staff, the way it's been put together, the guys passed as assistants or, un, you know, I guess it, it has to be said, controversially a head coach. There have been lots of good things that have happened on the field, all right? Um, so Partridge leading the way here, Tysheem Johnson, a Philly athlete. All right. He was supposed to visit back on March 21st, 5'10", 190 pounds. Things look good for Ole Miss in his recruitment. The other player, Maurice Freeman from Chesapeake, Virginia. Always thought that was a 
classy name, Chesapeake, Virginia, to clarify. I guess Maurice is, too, when you think about it. You know, like the Fresh Prince. I know it's Jeffrey with the G, but really, uh, I think Maurice would also be a fantastic name for a lovable friend, and in the case of the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, an incredible show, a good butler name. Freeman also projected for the Rebels, six foot, 190 pounder. I didn't mention his position, safety. The staff is good. The staff has done well at other places and recruiting is the lifeblood. You'll hear me continue to say the stars matter, okay? Not as in it's a science and it's perfect, but when you look at the breakdown of high draft picks, first round draft picks, disproportionate amount are four and five star players. So if Ole Miss wants to recruit, Bud Elliott has the blue chip ratio that I've talked about in the past. Google it. It's very insightful. The main thing, though, to pick up from that is there is a measurable target you have to be within to recruit at a national title, title, national title caliber. Ole Miss is not there. Can they get there is a bit of a stretch. They were there in that brief stint of time with Hugh Freeze, and I think they can get to the cusp of it. If things go really well for Kiffin, yes, maybe they can, not maybe, yes, they can get in that cusp, but it's a uphill climb right now, quite frankly. And a lot of people would say it's not possible for them to recruit a basically a consistent top 12 clip. Now I'm not doing that story and the numbers there insight by saying top 12, it's not a top 12. It floats a little bit, by the way, it's, you know, it's, teams recruiting goes up and down the metric itself can widen or narrow with the amount of teams and the amount of talent there is. So I've gotten off onto a tangent, but my point is this Ole Miss in a good position with a few players, 24 seven sports. As I said a moment ago with star rankings and projections, not a science, but reasonably accurate. The same can be said for the crystal ball, more recruiting news coming up in a moment as we will talk about receivers broadly, because I've talked a lot about quarterbacks and how important they've been. And look, you're listening to this as an Ole Miss fan. You know you've had your fair share of talented quarterbacks. And in the, quite frankly, history of the NFL, the most interesting father-son quarterback ever. And the third part of that, well, Tennessee, I know. But nonetheless, an interesting dichotomy. Great word, right? On the one hand, you've got Peyton, the elder statesman. He goes out on top, riding into the sunset with the NFL. But he doesn't go to Ole Miss. Well, you guys know the story, and you know the differences. But both having their Super Bowl and NFL success, Super Bowls, excuse me, plural, and Daddy Archie. All right, so speaking of receivers, as I go off on what seems to be an odd fantasy, but I assure you, in this instance, was not. Quarterbacks, Kiffin's had his success with a bunch of different styles. At Tennessee, he took a meh quarterback and helped him get into the league. Crompton, I believe. Uh, You could go to his time at USC. Now, I know Matt Barkley, an interesting relationship because of the USC penalties, but they are 10-2 and before, of course, he's eventually left on the tarmac. But success with a quarterback who, quite frankly, seemed to overachieve with the help of Kiffin. Barkley, albeit a very highly touted recruit who has spent time in the NFL quietly, he was a backup for the Bills up until recently, had success 
You can go to Coker. You can go to Hertz. And then Sims, perhaps the most interesting as he bounced around. But at Alabama, plenty of talent, but made it work with a bunch of different styles of quarterback. And then FAU, two out of three years, made it work. So while Ole Miss has its nice history, it is also setting itself up to have, and this is something that can't be overstated, with the way the game is going, the quarterback position obviously has never been more important. And Kiffin is perhaps best at this, best at maximizing his potential if he has a playmaker. And I think the good thing Ole Miss has working for it is it has three different types of playmakers. I think Corral leaves the most to be desired. In fact, I think his ceiling is lowest, but I think his floor could be highest. We've got a bunch of unknowns in Tisdale, but he's really intriguing and has been a winner in high school, surrounded with good talent, sure, but... I mean, come on, like 30 and one, putting up those numbers. He's super athletic, dual threat, and then Plumley, like the intriguing part that he's got more than half a season of starts. The best runner in the league at quarterback last year. All right. Just needs to be a better passer. Can he improve on that? And so there's a bunch of different avenues for you to go. Kiffin can make this work at quarterback, but what, and more importantly, then what will that offense and the receiving core look like? Who? Are those receivers and who will they be in the future? That's next. So Friday we had Nick Suss in and he talked about wide receiver and eh, that's not really what he talked about, but he talked about what Elijah Moore could be at receiver for Ole Miss. And so let me now take his words and use them for the wide receiver position. A lot of optimism about what he could be and what this offense could look like using Elijah Moore plus Jerry Ealy as Suss also referred to, and there is a promising trio in Jonathan Mingo, Jaden Jackson, and Dennis Jackson, and of course, Elijah Moore, as we previously mentioned. A lot of that certain productivity, though, coming from one player, and you will need more of that than from just more. But what about in the future? What about regardless of who's playing quarterback this season? And I've told you guys, and I still believe this, and I don't think it's going to change. Kiffin's going to have the ability to do great things with largely whoever's playing quarterback for him. And he's only going to recruit better quarterbacks moving forward. And the thing is, quite frankly, he did not inherit a bad situation at that position. What he inherited like a bunch of other first-year coaches, is the inability to watch them play. But thinking about the future, and regardless of who's throwing the ball to whom this season, regardless of Elijah Moore, what will that position look like in the future? There's Braylon Brown. You can be excited about the six foot three, 190-pounder. He's an Ole Miss commit. Uh, one of the more physical receivers from Florida. He's big. He's strong. You can see why people would want someone like that. It's not hard to figure out. And speaking of that size, Isaiah Brevard, a six foot four, 200 pounder who averaged more than 20 yards a catch last season, obviously has the ability like Brown to be used in a physical imposing way. The, uh, the, the coaching staff is, is going after him hard and expect that to, to be the case of Donna Mitchell, another player we've talked about on this podcast on more than one occasion, six foot three, 190 pounder. In Texas and Tennessee, he's averaged more than 20 yards a touch. He runs a 10-6-1, according to 24-7 Sports in the 100 meter. So at 6'3", 190, great speed. A couple of receivers, one who's committed, the other two 
who are showing high interest in the Rebels look out. That's a position group that we saw that was super deep in the draft this year. And as they're seemingly in the last few seasons have been some incredible generational talents at quarterback, as there's more emphasis put on that position perhaps than any other sport, and there perhaps is more pressure, quite frankly, we are seeing specialized, and I know I don't want to get too far down the rabbit hole where we start having the debate about specializing, but you can get high-quality training from a very young age. We are seeing, I think, the benefit of that with the last few years of players who've come out at quarterback, Patrick Holmes, Deshaun Watson, Cam Newton, others, Andrew Luck even. And obviously the NFL has some real greats who are retiring and phasing out right now. Um, we're seeing that as Tom Brady, I mentioned the Mannings earlier, Philip Rivers, Aaron Rodgers even in a few seasons will all have their careers come to an end. But I think we are getting to a really exciting time in both college and NFL play. And all of that really stems from high-level quarterback play and what these offenses can do. I left out the MVP this year, Lamar Jackson. But notice none of those names were Mitchell Trubisky, <laughs> which is partially a stab at the Bears, but also just a reminder not to overthink the draft. And some mobility seems to be the trend and, and the ability to do a lot of different things and create and extend plays, throw with insane accuracy, be a playmaker, as we've discussed on this podcast and why I think Lane Kiffin will be fine at quarterback as soon as he can watch that person practice and assemble an offensive line, they're going to be in good hands. When I look at the way quarterbacks are being used, while there are more and more high-quality quarterbacks who can do who can do more, though, than we've really ever seen in a position that we're always demanding something, this wide receiver class was stacked. And look, classes ebb and flow each year, but I do think you are going to see, because of the direction of the league, more and more high-quality receivers and quarterbacks. And guess what? Defensive backs. We've already seen this at the defensive line position, especially with, with ends, but really the athleticism along the defensive line is insanity. And so I, I again say in a winding sort of way, Ole Miss will be fine at quarterback now and in the future because of Kiffin and because of Kiffin's ability to recruit. Ole Miss will have to continue to find talented receivers, and for whatever reason, they have been very good at that in the last 10 years. We could list off some impressive names who had some players who had some very accomplished college careers and a few that right now are beginning to enjoy successful NFL careers. I am eager to see what they find at the skill position. And they were left an okay hand, they being Levy and Kiffin, with what they have in Ely and Moore in particular. We'll see what the other players around them can offer and if that's going to be enough with one of those three quarterbacks. And by enough, I mean just... Can you be excited? We all expect you to lose at least six games this year. I've said if you get to seven, and by doing the math the way I've done it, that involves an upset of Auburn or A&M because you're not beating LSU or Alabama. And I think you're not beating Auburn this year. I think Auburn's got a chance at playing spoiler, if anything, in, in this year's Western Division race or 2021, whenever we have football. But do you have enough threat on your team outside of one player in the backfield and one player at receiver 
to give those defenses, those very athletic, and as we saw in this year's draft, very NFL-heavy rosters, a challenge. If you can get productivity out of those other receivers I listed a moment ago, in combination with what Moore and Ely do and will do well, and in combination of what I think and what I am very confident, in fact, Lane Kiffin will extract and be able to use from his quarterback play seven wins, albeit tougher to get as there's been no practice, is attainable. And if seven is your floor with this roster, a roster that will get better, as I've said time and again, because Kiffin and his staff will make it so, seven would be a phenomenal floor. I think you guys would agree. Some of you wouldn't and say it should be higher, whatever. If seven becomes the baseline, if it doesn't often, if ever, get worse than seven wins, thus five losses a season. I mean, you're going to a bowl every year. You're probably beating Arkansas and one other SEC team. And with the way things stand right now, I think you guys are doing the math in your head going, there's not many teams that right now we're likely to beat outside of Arkansas and Vandy, maybe Kentucky. Like, So maybe that also includes our rival. Or maybe that means being a thorn in the side of one of those, whoa, Oh, how about that? One of those other schools that I mentioned a moment ago, Auburn, Texas A&M, all right? Playing spoiler at the beginning, first two years of this, getting to bowl games, beating your rivals, like that's all phenomenal. And if seven wins is your floor and you're going up from there, if the roster's getting better, if it's exciting and you're able to score points and challenge defenses, create a little chaos and be a thorn in the side of some programs who have deeper pockets, richer histories, and better teams, I think, For the early stages, that's a win. Have enjoyed it. Hope you guys did as well. We'll get back at this on Wednesday. All right, more quarterback talk. I want to parlay some of this into what the offense can be, the potential. It's off the charts. Man, sounded like a a bad attempt at Parks and Rec, Tom Haverford. But seriously, the offense has already the groundwork to be exciting. Need a little time to put it together. Plus, what could it be in a few years with a better roster? We'll get into that soon. Y'all be easy.